There's not a soul on this earth that is going to tell me anything different of what I see in my, you know, visualization. Now I'm in a place and space of the vision is the vision. The goal is the goal. How I get there is not set in stone. The ca the car may change on how I get there. Right now it's real estate, you know. It may change down the line, but the goal is the goal. And in me realizing that, it's helped because when little stuff happens, I'm like, child, the goal is the goal. <laughs> That's not changing. <laughs> The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you wanna leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you wanna own your own time, and you wanna build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's gonna take community and it's gonna take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Young, and I have my friend, my home dog, home, home girl, road dog, all of that mixing together. Right. Ashley Dressen? Dressen. Dressen. Yeah. I got to get that. Well, it's like, so it's German, and it's the, the correct way is actually Dressen. Dressen. But can't nobody. So we just going to say Dressen. We're going to say it now. I'm thinking Shiza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that. <laughs> yeah, but no, we just say Dreesen. We're good. Dreesen, how are you doing, love? I am so happy to be here. I'm happy was, for you to be here. Yeah, too. when you asked me, I was like, what? You want to talk to me? Yes. <laughs> you ha like, I've been able to see you grow from the jump. And before we both took the leap, right. we had that whole conversation. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like, you know, yeah, together like we, yeah yeah and did. i've been watching you literally blow up and blossom become the woman you are becoming <laughs> it's it's amazing so um we don't even like have like a whole topic but i noticed i know gonna, like just gonna yeah chat it out and um so without further ado would you like to introduce yourself to the folks yeah so i'm ashley dreeson um i'm a cali native i have a hard time talking about myself but Anyway, so I am. Don't we all though? <laughs> I'll be like, what y'all want to know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, but I am a realtor here in Atlanta. I have been for the past three years. Um, I met Ari in college. And since then, we've kind of kept in contact with each other, but we've really kind of been like an iron sharpened iron and being that support for each other. Um, I also had a stint in corporate kind of go through different industries and stuff like that. And I've landed in real estate. Um, and for the last year, I've been doing it full time and things have been going really well. Things have been looking fire too. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the real estate game. Everybody wants to get into real estate, but yeah. they don't really know they want to like what it really is about. Yes. So real estate is it's it's a dog eat dog industry, honestly. Mm. Um, a lot of times people just jump into it and they're like, oh, I'm, I, they see the money. They see the HGTV. They see, you know, oh, you just take them to show to see the house and that's it. Like, it is so much more. Mm. And I think what people don't realize, too, is it's one thing to get your license, but it, they don't teach you how to be a realtor mm -hmm. in school. You mm. know, so some of the things that I've learned was you have to have that drive within yourself. Um a lot of it 
I had to become a different person in order to even navigate and balance being an entrepreneur in the real estate game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so much different from corporate. You're not clocking in at nine and leaving at five. Like I'm showing houses up to seven, seven thirty at night, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, schedule can be all over the place. Sometimes you're dealing with different people, you know, so there's different facets that you have to grow within to in order to balance that. So. It's not an easy industry. Right. It's not. Um, actually, there's a statistic that upwards of 85% of people that start in real estate quit within the first year mm-hmm. because they don't realize just how intense this industry is. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's important to have a mentor. It's a lot. Of, it's important to figure out what brokers you're going to sign up with. Do they have mentorship programs? You know. Are they going to be able to help you grow your business and become that person that you want to be? So there's a lot that goes into it. And it's not it's not to be taken lightly. Wow. Where would you say um, you are in terms of like understanding the landscape, knowing what you have to learn and then, you know, whatever else you also have to learn? Like, where would you say you are in the journey of becoming a realtor or the realtor you want to be? Um, well, being three years in the game, really this past year, like just doing it full time, I've learned so much, but I'm still green. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> like, You never know. I try to approach it with an open mind um, and try to learn as much as I can from even the other realtor on the other side of that transaction, from other realtors who've been in the game for so long. I mean, there's I've been in transactions with people who've been in the game 30, 40, 45 years. And it's like, <laughs> that can be intimidating. And um, to that, you know, I'm still learning, mm. still growing. I'm always in a place and space of even five, seven years from now, I still want to be in a place of learning and growing. Yeah. You know, the learning never stops. And to me, that's what's so fun. I get bored easy. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You have to shake it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So tell me this. When you think about, um, I, I was watching a, um, I was watching a, a like a YouTube clip um, and they were talking about, you know, corporate people, corporate Americans, they want to just jump into re- uh, real estate because they think yeah. that's going to be what's going to get them to quit their job. Yeah. But um, what they really should be doing is investing in self. Absolutely. What would you say is Ooh. like that one thing people would <laughs> Go ahead. I hear it. Tell us this because I hear it. So my transition into real estate is a little unique. I leaped off the cliff. Mm. (laughs) I leaped. Um, I'm a very spiritual person and it was just the right time, you know. So I jumped and by the grace of God, you know, I've been able to withstand trials and tribulations and grow and have income come in to where we're not like homeless on the street, you know, but there is a place and space to where you have to grow and evolve and become a different person. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, I've learned so much about myself within this last year. And a lot of that had to do with self-awareness, self-development, trying to learn how I tick and why I do the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a growth that comes with it. And I don't think it's just real estate. I think it's entrepreneurship. Yes. Period. I would agree. Like you cannot expect the riches and the, the, 
the, the glitz and glamour of things if you're not willing to become that person to receive that. Yeah. Like the old Ashley was not going to receive all that I desire. I had to change and I'm still changing. I'm still figuring stuff out. By no means do I have it figured out. <laughs> Make that clear. Um, but, you know, there is a growth aspect to that. And you only stifle yourself if you're not open to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Oh, we're going to get I I was just doing a live this morning talking about how green I was before I became an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the experience that I that that really showed me who I was, that Absolutely. self that self-development piece. Um and then you mentioned mentorship. What was it like for you finding a mentor? Like did you do the research after, of course, you did a, I'm sure you did a little bit of research after you went into entrepreneurship? Yes. And then, like, how was your experience finding your first mentor? Did it take you a couple of trials? It did. It took a couple of tries. And what I something that I learned early on, a a false narrative that I had to kind of get over is when finding a mentor, you have to be ready to put in the work. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're you're asking somebody to give a portion of their time to help you develop and to help you grow into this person. So you have to come with your A game. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I was not doing that. You know, you can't expect your mentor to call you. <laughs> Be like, hey, are you up? Are you doing this? Are you doing X, Y, Z? You know, the mentor, to me, mentorship is, I'm gonna be out here doing all that I can necessary, but I, I have you to help guide me so I don't make a lot of the mistakes that you made. Mm-hmm. And I think the caveat to that is just trying to find somebody willing and open to do that in the way that you, that works for you. Yeah. You know, mentorship is not a monolith. It's not the same across the board. Mm-hmm. It changes on, on the person, the work ethic, where you are in your growth stage, you know? So it took a while. It really did. And honestly, for every change and transition, I've had a different mentor and that's okay too. It's okay to change mentors. You don't have to have that one that sticks with you from the beginning all the way to the yeah, end. Yeah. Because certain people serve for a different time of your life. Mm-hmm. They may not be equipped to handle that person that you're coming into. So yeah. it's okay to try to go out and find yeah. somebody else. Now you say you became a different person and I believe you because I know, yeah. you know, I know when I know a growth, I know what growth feels like. Yeah. And I also have seen your come up. Yeah. But when we were in college together, you've always been like just so, you know, grounded feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, wise. Mm -hmm. You wanted to be in fashion. So I'm thinking like, what would you say? Well, first, let's go back to college. You (laughs) wanted to be in fashion. Tell me about that girl. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it wasn't a thing of. So kind of let me back up. We'll back up to before college. Yeah. I was just happy to be there in college. You know what I'm saying? Being the first college grad in my immediate family, you know, I was just happy to be there. I'm going to what? This UGA? Like I'm at a university. Like <laughs> I felt like I was doing some things. And when it came to declaring like my major and stuff like that, before that I wanted to go into pre-med, right? I saw that organic chemistry book. I was like, ah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's the turning point. I barely passed chemistry. Let's <laughs> not even, not even go, do, go that do that to myself. But I've always, another side to me, I'm a very creative person. 
And I felt that it was either going to be music or fashion that I would go into. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm gonna go into fashion because I feel like, you know, I can be creative, I can express myself and blah, 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 blah. And it was cool, it was great, it all worked out. But I think a transition for me and what kind of pulled me away from that is, you know, I got pregnant in college, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's when real life kicked in. It's like, you're not going to be able to, it was like manage fashion, be a, be a good mom for your kid. You know, that's where I was Yeah. because I also, you know, had to live life, you Mm -hmm. know, just kind of my background coming from a single family, you single parent household, you know, I'm still having to fend for myself as well as figure myself out. Now I got this baby on top of this. Yeah. Fashion's kind of like. Furthest thing from your mind. Yeah, furthest thing from my mind. Mm. So (laughs) it was fun while it lasted, (laughs) you know. You did because you were you were like I remember you coming back from classes and I feel like you would have like boards or like Mm -hmm. pieces and Mm -hmm. what was your what was your plan? Was it the business side of fashion or did you want to become like the next Vera Wang? What was the vision? It wasn't necessarily that. It was kind of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. You know, I really used the creation pieces of it and really kept it to myself. Mm. It, <laughs> we'll talk about that vulnerability in a minute. Um, but I had that creative side to me, but then I also was like the business side to me was almost like a scapegoat. It was mm. kind of like, well, I'm still in the industry. I'm still doing it, but I wasn't doing what I felt was really speaking to who I was, mm. which was the actual design side of things. Really? Yeah. You were you were going to be out here like literally designing pieces. Yeah. What was the what I wanted to like- design, but then I also was like down the road of like styling and being a mm. stylist. Mm. Um for a short time when I was at UGA, I actually interned under um, Alori Swank. And mm. she's like a big, you know, stylist, celebrities and stuff like that. Like, that's what I really wanted to do. So it was the creation part, but it was also styling. And then down the road, I wanted to have my own line. And like, there was like a whole plan behind it. <laughs> when you say vulnerability, I'm assuming you didn't want people to see your create- mm-hmm. creativity. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So. I think it just comes from, I'm not going to use the term trauma because there was nothing traumatic behind it, but I think just different instances that kind of stuck that caused me to kind of build this wall up around my creativity, that it was just like, it was more comfortable for me not to put myself in a place to be picked apart. Yeah. And that was, I mean... I still battle with that till this day. Like I'm still struggling with that. And I think it falls over. I'm a little more comfortable when it comes to, you know, business, real estate. That's just talking. Mm-hmm. I can talk to you. I can get a deal. That's cool. That's great. But when it comes to, for me, my creativity is me being my most vulnerable self. And that requires me to put, to be open. And that requires me to let my guard down and to let people in. And I've struggled with that so much like I said till this day still (laughs) yeah but you know even in me realizing that I'm working on it it's a work in progress absolutely (laughs) well so putting something out there Mm -hmm. the way that I I see it could possibly manifest is like imperfectionism Mm 
Mm. Like when we when we put even in business, when mm. we put something out there, yeah. we're like, OK, well, it's got to be this way, this way, this way. And that way, nobody has anything to say about my stuff. Yeah. Does it manifest like that as an adult? Yeah, mm. I would I would say yes. Yeah, it's that level of it has to be just right. It has mm. because you have this train of thought that if I make it perfect, if I make it perfect, mm-hmm. that minimizes it being criticized. Mm-hmm. That minimizes it being picked apart. Right. You know, that minimizes kind of drawing that negative aspect yeah. of it. And I wouldn't say so much rejection. It's just it really is that piece of vulnerability. <laughs> and now, but you've created your. So we haven't even talked about your candle business. Yeah. But that I'm sure was. So when um, when we talk about like things that we have anxiety about, we talk about exposures, right? Yeah. So like putting out your candle business had to be a huge achievement achievement for you. Yeah. And like being like, you know what, I could put my baby out there. Yeah. So was that for you? Like, did you experience one, that feeling of like, okay, I'm putting a part of my baby out there. But then like, how did you experience people experiencing your baby? Um, in the beginning, I don't, I can't say I even had that initial train of thought of like that panic mm. you know what i'm saying I, it was just something i created and i was i was it kind of happened like i was getting into a hobby i was like oh this works i like it and there was a lot of candles around the house and my husband was like sis you need to do something with these candles so i was like all right let's make this into a business and so i did and it just kind of happened it kind of snowballed and you know people were very receptive to it you know, people were very open to it. So with that creation, it wasn't really that sense of vulnerability. It was mm. kind of just like, this is cool. It was very receptive. People were open to it. So mm. yeah, with that one, that was just kind of like, yeah, it just took off. I got you. <laughs> I got you. So what you're saying is like, oh, that was light work, sis. <laughs> it's, 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 there's a lot more in here that y'all just haven't been able to see. You're, you're speaking to me so much. And what you're saying is resonating with me because, um, as, and I think it, it resonates with a lot of black women mm-hmm. because we can be so bomb and so boss, you know what I mean? To the point where like, who gonna check me, boo? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and then when you think about, when I look at you, I admire one, you became a mom. When, so you know, early. I was, what, 20 when I had him. Girl. Yeah. I remember being like. And then like, let's age ourselves. He's about to be 10 this year. Girl. <laughs> he's such a little young man. I know. I know. Age ourselves, girl. We look good, too. <laughs> I'll take the age. I almost lost my train of thought. It was because, okay, boss women, right? Mm-hmm. We we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Absolutely. Right? But you, and what that hap- what happens for a lot of us is it, it, it makes us not be able to find love. Mm. It makes us not allow, it doesn't allow us to connect with people, you know, who understand us as a person. Yeah. And when I look at you, I'm very surprised, you know, <laughs> like to hear that. But I, also I'm curious, like, what's the personal development behind you actually? You were, <clears throat> there's so much. Okay. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> All right. Starting with the moment you told me you were having um, JJ. Yeah. Right. You your life starts to shift. Your your priorities start to shift. Yeah. At what does your mind tell you in that moment? Like, who do I have to be? Like, what were your priorities? How did you move forward? <clears throat> in that moment and place and space, and I think it's something that Black women can 
relate to, I immediately, in a way, my upbringing was in a place and space of survival mode. Okay. But having a child, not really having a source of income, I'm still in college. Like, I'm still a kid. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it frank. I'm still a child myself. Yeah. It was more so a place and space of survival mode. Okay. You know, I have to become this mom, which I'm naturally nurturing. So it wasn't like, oh my God, I can't party anymore. Like that wasn't a hard transition for me. Mm -hmm. But also resonating with the fact of now I can't fully go after what I want as far as, you know, my fashion career. Yeah. Because I know that would take me away from my child. And that was just a non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. That's just something that I wasn't going to do. So really in that place in space, it was a place of survival mode. I just wanted to make ends meet and take care of my child the best way that I could, you Mm -hmm. know? And what survival mode looks like, I'll paint the picture, (laughs) you know, it's getting that desk job. That's how I got into corporate is because I had this place of survival mode, which I think so many people fall into that trap Mm. and you get stuck because you get comfortable. Mm. And, you know, I'm in, I'm being a single mom at the time, me and his father split ways. Um, so I survival mode for me was WIC. It was food stamps. You know, I tried to get on every government plan that I could at that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And as he got a little older, I wanted to, because it was always eating at me, you know, I've always been a creative person and it was always eating away at me. It's like, you are not giving your all. You're not being true to yourself. You've, which we do so often, we set aside who we are Mm -hmm. and we allow life to dictate what Mm -hmm. we do, where Mm -hmm. we go, how we think, how we operate, how Mm -hmm. we move. And I just, I didn't want that. Yeah. So that is when I started to kind of sit back. And honestly, survival mode is not healthy at all. I developed anxiety, you know, bad anxiety. Like I would just wake up and just go into a full fledged panic attack because I'm just like, I don't, I'm trying to do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And I was sick of it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. This isn't healthy. Um, And just, you know, seeing the ramifications of survival mode on my mom, you know, over time, she developed epilepsy from all the stress and stuff like that. And I was like, the buck stops with me. It stops here. Okay. (laughs) And that is when I started really, I guess you can say that's when I started my intimate spiritual journey and the self-awareness and kind of unlearning the survival mode and shifting into my power, which I'm still shifting into that. But I think that was a pivotal moment. I'd say I, I was probably around... 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And what sparked your um, interest in self-development or spirituality or, and what was it? Was it meditation, yoga? Mm-hmm. How'd, mm-hmm. You, how'd you find it? I knew there was something more. I was like, there has to be more to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like growing up, um, I grew up Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I still am. That's my foundation, mm-hmm. you know. But I was like, there's more to this. There has to be a more intimate level to this. And so... I got into the practice of meditation and I was just like, this is weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the beginning, yeah, I'm sitting there like, 
<laughs> this ain't really working like how I'm thinking it's supposed to, but they call it a practice for a reason. Am I whole yet? Change yet? What's going on? <laughs> you know, but the art of meditation taught me to be present. Yeah. And to be in my present space at all times, you know. Anxiety, I was so anxiety for me welled up from experiences from the past and projecting that onto my future. Like that happened in the past, that's what's gonna happen on in the future. Yeah. And it was my introduction into meditation and the whole chakra alignment and system and stuff like that, that yeah. really helped me be more present mm. to be able to evaluate things within myself that I could now work on present day for my future self. Yeah. Um, so that's when it all started changing. On top of, you know, I, it all started, I went on like a, a, a fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm real big on fasts. <laughs> Were you always big on fasts or like was this the first moment you started becoming big on fasts? I, in the way that <clears throat> I became big on fasting was during that transition phase. Mm -hmm. Prior to, you know, we would have our church fast, you know, Thursday, a okay. couple hours and stuff. But okay. now it was personal. Okay. You know, it wasn't just oh, I'm doing it because my church is doing it. Got it. It was real personal for me. So you had a ground, a grounding in like uh, in Christianity and you knew there was more you wanted to have a deeper uh, and more intimate connection so that's what sparked it was there anyone who said hey girl listen to this meditation you just kind of researched it on your I own i just researched it on my own nice. and when i started that it was a thing of like god lead me to where i need to nice. lead, bring to me the people that will help me on this journey mm -hmm. and help me transition mm -hmm. and i actually that's when i found um it's this guy named Bob Proctor. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I am a man money. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> and there's other people like Joe Dispenza and listening to listening to them as well as my meditations. It was that's when I started to grow even more and realize mm. it's a mindset. Yeah. You have to change your mind to mm. change your outside reality. Yeah. And I think once that clicked for me and once I really started working, that's when I was just like, oh, all bets are off. Look, like, you can't <laughs> hold me back. What? What was JJ's experience of you, right? Like you mentioned you had anxiety and he's 10 now, so, but kids know very early what's going on with mom, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you say that transition was for him, for, for him to see mom mm -hmm. becoming more of like, What's this meditating thing my mom was doing? Like, what was it? <laughs> he was open and I, actually he would join me sometimes and he would really? be like, you know, he'd sit and be like, what you doing? I'm like meditating. And he's like, okay. Cause I'll have like the music in the background playing. And it's so funny. He was probably about like five or six at the time. And he's just sitting there in his drawers. <laughs> sitting there, he sat there and he's like trying to, th you know, meditate and stuff. But I think, even in that transition and him seeing me go through that, that has helped almost like break a cycle because now he's, you know, he knows how the art of prayer, he knows how to meditate and kind of manage as he gets older. So yeah. I think that was really important for him to witness me do that, you know, so he can kind of take those nuggets. Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. 
This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank y'all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast, and thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode. And honestly, in that, I think he's become he's very aware of people of people's emotions. Mm. Like he's always like, "Mom, you okay?" Mm. Mommy, you okay? Are you, you good? Like, it'll just be random. He'll come, you all right? You good? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm great. You know, even if I try to hide, if I'm stressed about something that's going on, even if I try to hide it, he's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you look a little stressed. Mm. <laughs> like, stressed. <laughs> he knows. But he knows. Yeah. And he's very sensitive to, uh, he can feel the energy in a room. You know what I'm saying? So really just, I think me... Oh, being open to meditations and opening to that has helped me cultivate that within him, which is very rare for a young black child, black boy, you know, to be so in tune with their emotions. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) You know, we still I see there sometimes where he tries to hold stuff in or Mm. tries not to speak on certain things. Mm -hmm. But I I try to drive that point like we're not doing that. Mm. Like you got to be open. You got to tell me how you feel. Mm. So what does that look like? You know, we're in a space where, you know, a lot of women are raising their their boys to be kids forever. Yeah. Um, So what does it look like for you to see your child um, in a space where they could go either way? They could go enlightened or they can go like back and suppressed. Yeah. So what does that look like? And then how do you truly like have a conversation to get him out of it? Yeah. So. If I see it going kind of which whichever way, mm-hmm. I of course give him his time. You okay. know what I'm saying? I don't want to be like you. You gonna tell me I'm you know beat you down? Like that's <laughs> not how. <we're> <laughs> you know I'll give him some time, but I'm like we're gonna talk about this. Like so, just get your words together, articulate you know your emotions and how you're feeling. But we're gonna talk about it, and we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. And you know I try very hard not to prompt or lead how he's feeling. But also prepare myself, you know, as he's getting older and dealing with certain things at school and things, you know, making sure that I'm in a place and space of being open and receptive and creating that space for him to mm-hmm. feel comfortable enough to talk to me as his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times, especially, you know, us as black people, it's that, you know, we don't create these spaces for our kids. <laughs> you know, we just we just don't. Mm-mm. And that's something that I wanted to change with him. And to create that space and make sure I'm receptive to whatever is about to come out of his mouth and make him feel comfortable enough to where we can continue this dialogue. So in the beginning, it was hard because he had a hard time articulating, you know, his emotions, how he's feeling, articulating where he's feeling multiple emotions at once, you know. And so we just sit there for however long, Mm. (laughs) however long you have my undivided attention. Let's talk it through. And, you know, sometimes it's not always me. Sometimes it's my husband because he is a young man. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to be a black man, Mm. you know, so but we do create that space for him to be able to articulate his emotions and get that out. And then he he feels better afterwards. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And it it feels wonderful because he'll just randomly come up to us and be like, you guys are good parents. (laughs) (laughs) Waterworks. Well, thank you, son. I appreciate that. No, seriously. (laughs) That is so beautiful. And so let's get another layer in here because so we are going through a very major transition where you're in corporate. You're starting to learn that you need to like um, 
uh, reprogram the survival mode. Mm -hmm. Your baby's starting to see you shift. Mm -hmm. And so where were you at um, mentally in terms of like feeling whole? Had you already met your husband? Um, yes. <clears throat> okay. I had met him and that is another layer because here we are two individuals who come from single parent households. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the married life. We didn't grow up with that. So we really out here like <laughs> figure this thing out. <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> and so that was another shift in transition because I'm no longer operating in my place and space just for me and still managing JJ. I'm managing my husband's needs, you know, as well. So being a wife, being a mom, on top of this self-awareness, self-growth journey that mm -hmm. I'm on, it's kind of like a balancing act. How do you balance that? And I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> we, <laughs> you'd be like, look, let me disclaimer this yeah, thing. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. We just do what works for us. Mm -hmm. um, but in that is just a lot of communication. You know, I communicate with my husband where I'm at what I'm feeling, we process that, and we just keep going and keep trying. But that was another layer. It's, <laughs> life is so ever-changing. Were and, you in a, like a bag, like a business, like I'm gonna get, because you're still in corporate. Yeah. So how, how uh, would you say you were a go-getter in corporate or were you still in that comfortable position when it comes to your career? So I was, I would say it was a hybrid. Mm. I was comfortable, like, okay, this is nice. I'm getting a check every two weeks, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is good. But every time I would try to unleash that go-getter side of me, that creative side of me, it would hit a wall. Because when you're in a position in corporate, that's your role. Mm -hmm. You have a ladder, you know, of course there's a ladder and stuff like that, but that's your role. There's only so much you can do. And I found myself hitting ceilings, getting bored. I told you I get bored. So, <laughs> found myself getting bored. And when I would get into those places and spaces, it was it would feel like I'm boxed in. Yeah. And I hate that feeling. I do not like that feeling feeling boxed in. So mm -hmm. that was hard because now we're now we're playing the game of double dutch. Do I jump in entrepreneurship now? Do I try to do this now? Or do I kind of just sit back because this is really cushion for my family mm. we're doing we're doing okay now mm. but it got to a point to where i had to i knew that if i stayed within that lane of being comfortable and trying to make things work that just weren't working within corporate mm -hmm. i would regret it once i hit like 40 50 once i got older yeah because we tend to shrink ourselves <laughs> We tend to shrink ourselves for the comfortability of others, for the comfortability of our situation, for whatever. And that's what I was doing. I was shrinking myself. I wasn't operating in a place and space to where I could grow fully. And it became challenging and it kind of became, it was more than challenging because here you are doing this growth and this development and stuff. So you know what you're doing is not right, but it's still that fear and that hesitation and that mm. level of, being vulnerable, mm -hmm. that is stopping you. Mm. So now you're kind of at war within yourself. Like, I know that I know that this isn't right. God has given me all the signs that I need to make that leap. Mm -hmm. But here I am just stagnant, just sitting here. So I really had to make that decision. Like, what's up? Are you going to be stagnant? Or are you going to leap into the unknown abyss mm -hmm. and figure it out? Yeah. And 
it got to a point to where there were some instances within corporate, it didn't matter what job I went to. It was just like not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether it just was not working, I couldn't find my groove. So it got to a point to it was like jump. And so I did. And that was the best thing I could have ever done. I can imagine. (laughs) When, you know, people be like, stop worrying about, well, what if that don't work? Well, what if Mm -hmm. that don't work? Mm -hmm. All that is a part of your story. Mm -hmm. You you just need to jump because whatever comes after that, your story is unique and it could help somebody else. You know, like there are times where I've had in my entrepreneurship journey, I kind of teeter tottered like, okay, I need to get a corporate job because like we, these bills are behind, mm-hmm. like money funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship that, you know, yes, things are going well now, but I went through those ups and downs and people need to know that it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to go through that. What was your role in corporate? Like multiple roles. I was like, I had multiple roles. <laughs> <laughs> I had multiple roles. Um, so I started out in front in a operational place in space. Um, and it's so funny that I'm even in a sales position now because I was that person like, I'm not getting into never sales. I'm never doing that. Like, ugh. Why would like, you want to get commission? Commission? A hundred percent? Like, no. That's my base. Right. <laughs> I was, I was like, I would never do that. And then, you know, you see, hear the horror stories and the, cause it sells, no matter what industry, it can be a dog eat dog world, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was in operations and I, I worked my way into management roles and had, you know, a team under me and stuff like that. And then I hit a ceiling there. And so I was like, well, Time to shift. So then I shift into the tech space, mm. which, you know, I felt was a good move to have that experience because tech is here to stay. It's not Absolutely. going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still on the operational side on there, you know, there. But with that, I was realizing, like, you're not hitting the financial goals that you want. Mm-hmm. So then that's when it's kind of like, well, maybe sales does work. <laughs> maybe I will go into sales. OK. Um and honestly, going into sales was the best thing that I could do because it got me uncomfortable. It yeah. got me to a point to where you're uncomfortable and you're forced to figure out how to make it work. Mm. And you're forced to learn certain things and you're forced how to deal with objections and you're forced to deal with negotiations mm. and, you know, different people and personalities. So what were you selling? Um, SaaS software. Oh, software okay. Got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To like B2B? B2B. Like, mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we- dealing with like CEOs, CFOs, CISOs and like the C-suite. Yeah. So different personalities. Yeah. All night. So that was very interesting for me. Nice. Okay. We got to go here. Okay. So because <laughs> when I was on my way out, I said, okay, what are the skill sets that I need to develop? And I was going, I literally was going to leave my job and go into like selling vector. I was like, I just, I feel like that's the only skill set that I don't have that's going to literally keep me successful. Now I talked to a, a homeboy and he was like, why would you do that? So I didn't end up taking the sales job. Yeah. Um, but I also, I do believe that, and, and actually sales is one of those high value skill sets Absolutely. that will take you through life. Um, so, you know, full circle, I came around to sales in a different way, which I don't even feel like I sell. I just exactly. feel like I pretty much just have a conversation with my clients and they decide they want to come on but 
I got to get into your development as a set. Like one, there's the intimidation of talking to like the C-suite, yes. which can be intimidating whether you like corporate or not. They're, 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 they are successful people and These they've gotten people there. running like Fortune 500 companies. Yes. Like, they know their stuff. <laughs> and then you had to learn it. So you tell me about the process. You one had to learn the product. Mm-hmm. Two had to learn like a sales script. Yes. And then like when like so tell us like what are like what are like the main steps that you do hurdled yeah. to get to be good at that. Yeah. So <sighs> Oh man. <laughs> uh, tell me I need it all. Because I did not we remember I went to school for fashion. I ain't had no dang tech background. Like I don't know what that is. So it was shifting that mindset from creative to analytical because mm-hmm. you're having to learn this software, learn the ins and outs of it, and then learn it so well to be able to articulate that to someone in C suite. And then deal with any rebuttals or negotiations or objections that come with that. So that within itself was like, girl, what are you (laughs) doing? (laughs) And it was, (laughs) I was way in over my head. And, you know, there were, there were scripts and stuff, but I mean, even to this day, and I know there's people who probably slap me on the hand. I don't like I got, I, I practiced enough to where I was comfortable delivering it the way that Ashley delivers it. And to me, that was a, a value to learn while I was in corporate because now in real estate, I'm myself 110% and that translated very well, you know, selling these high price and home values, you know, buying a home is one of the biggest steps that somebody can make. Yeah. So it was those rejections and it was those hangups. It was those, I mean, I'd have been cussed out. I'd have like, Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was that for what? You're because, so there were my first position, it was like a hunter position. So mm. you're like cold calling these people. Okay. Right. Imagine little old me not knowing anything that's going on and I'm cold calling into a C-suite. Yeah. Okay, I think it's, it's the respect. Too. It's like come come to me with some respect. It comes to me like what they they're so short on time. Come, okay, and you're like, hi, me. I want to tell. Yeah, and you didn't have a hook. I didn't have that hook. How'd you learn how to develop a hook? I started working on my sales managers. I okay. started working, listening to other people's calls, and trying to see what they did, mm. and then switch like make it my own. And after time, you know, we rolling, we good. Can you tell me what your hook is or what your hook was? Oh God, that was a while ago. I've gotten so many questions about this brand and I'm super excited to share that this episode is sponsored by Black is Wealth Clothing. Now, Black is Wealth was created to inspire and empower our culture to tap into our wealth. Now, when we talk about wealth, we're not just talking about financial wealth, we're talking about the strength, resilience, and brilliance that lives inside of all of us. Now, by tapping into our wealth, we can create any form of wealth that we desire. So, if you like this shirt or any other shirt that you've seen me sport on my Instagram or any other sh- any other platform, then go check them out at blackiswealth.com. I love this one and y'all are going to love it too. Now let's get back to the episode. It would, so it would depend. It would be based on, a lot of it was based on the company budget and what I got really good at knowing what these people needed. I got really good at knowing the holes that were missing, whether in their process or if they didn't have the employees. So prime example, if I was, it was a um, cybersecurity software that I was selling, right? Prime example, a lot of what people dealt with was not having the manpower with the knowledge needed to be able to protect their networks. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I would do stuff like look at LinkedIn or, you know, kind of be sneaky and look to see if that, you know, who's all in their department. And if I see somebody left of, of great caliber, I call and be like, hey, this is just checking in on you. Saw some things changed within your organization and stuff. You know, how has that affected, you know, your projects and things coming down the pipeline? And it's almost there like, well, I'm really shocked that you're calling, you know, <laughs> like, because this has changed X, Y, Z. And it was knowing and doing my research and knowing what the absolute need was, what's helped open that door. That's so. That is my, that is bingo. That you just literally, <laughs> that's the sauce right there. <laughs> I'll tell you this. So um, when people go into business, mm-hmm. their heart, their issue is deciding who their avatar is. Yes. All right. You guys have an avatar in real estate as well? Or is it like with content creation? Um, it would be more so like with the content. Content. Yeah. Okay. Got you. So in, in entrepreneurship, when you're building your business, one thing that you just said is understand your client's problem more Absolutely. than like more than they do. Um, but then the, the strategy behind getting to understand their, their problem I, I'm thinking of conversations where I'm like, go on LinkedIn and understand. I have a client who wants Issa Rae mm. as a client. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> I love Issa. Shout girl. out to you, girl. <laughs> you you going to see this. Shout out to you. Right? Look, you are. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell you, if you want to meet, if they wanted to meet you, Issa. <laughs> if, if, they, if she really wanted to do some good work for Issa. Yeah. <clears throat> you have to understand what Issa's pain point is. Absolutely. And then you have to understand, like, how do you... What are the people around her like? What do they need? Mm-hmm. And then you have to get to know what they need mm-hmm. really, really well. Yep. Like you're not going to reach out to Issa specifically about, hey, I have this whatever twenty dollar mm-hmm. product, whatever it is. Correct. You're going Issa's to busy. Thank you. Issa ain't trying to hear that. Girl, how's the weather? Thank you. <laughs> so you just gave us a really good strategy of one understanding their problem. Yeah. And then speaking from it, not from like, hey, your problem is, Absolutely. but empathizing with the fact that. This is what's keeping the C-suite person up at night. Absolutely. They, and you, person- you, you, <laughs> you exploit the hell out of that pain point. And, you know, it would be to a point. It's like, well, asking the right questions, too. Mm. How is that affecting your day to day? Are you how is that affecting your projects? How is that affecting, you know, what does that look like for you if you don't get this rectified? And a lot of times it's like they're the top dog. So it's like it falls back on their plate. So once you really exploit their pain points, you're good. <laughs> mm, that's really good. I love it. So this is only in sales, but when we had our last dinner, uh, last lunch, it was it was dinner. Yeah. Um, you were in. I want to say a, like a, a. It wasn't sales, was it? I want to say what was year like, was this, <laughs> girl? <laughs> this was, was it like a two, while Was ago. it 2017 or 16? It was, I think it had to be 17. 17. So I was, I was still in like an operational. You were still in operational. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you hadn't moved to sales yet. Cause no. I remember we were talking about you leaving, but then what, it was a bit of a lag maybe. Yes. So let me back up. So 2017, I actually started, actually, no, I was in sales. Mm-hmm. I was in sales in 2017. And then because that is when. I kind of came to another crossroads like, all right, this is cool. This is great. But I'm still not getting. Mm-hmm. I just feel like my purpose is still not being fulfilled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that is when 2017, because that's the. Hold on. 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yes. Mm-hmm. I got married in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I remember. Yeah. 
was a piece of math. I got married in 2017 and that is when I was just kind of like, there has to be something more. And so I don't know, I, I went back into my prayer and my present time and that's when a lot of people were telling me about real estate, but I was kind of like, yeah. And even my mom, like years ago, was like, just do real estate, do yeah. real estate. And I'm mm. like, yeah. That was when I wasn't into sales. That's when I was like, that's sales, that's commissions, that's scary, I'm not doing that. And so 2017, got married, and I was like, there's more. I'm comfortable now in my sales skin, there's more. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for a real estate class and was doing that at night. Um, and then 2018, early March of 2018 is when I tested and passed and got my license. Nice. So that started the caveat or that started the opening of me balancing corporate and real estate because I still have my corporate job, but I'm wanting so bad to be over here in this industry. (laughs) And so I'm balancing corporate, a business in real estate, being a mom, being a wife which I just keep adding stuff, <laughs> like, <laughs> like just juggling. <laughs> I just keep adding stuff. Um, and even in juggling that, I had to become, become. Yeah. I had to grow into mm. a stronger person, learning organization, time management, you know, setting aside time for me because you can get so lost in all of that. And um, yeah, so I did that for, so I did corporate and real estate for about 22 years, two years. Okay. And uh, then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And I think like a lot of people, because there's like this mass great resignation. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Like a lot of people, <clears throat> I sat and realized what was important to me mm-hmm. and it was not corporate. And it was just like leap. And I want to be crystal clear. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to jump today. This was like months of me battling with myself yes. and being like, no, not yet. Like, no. Oh, we Mind got you, we had this conversation in 2017. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just talking about it. Like, we were still on the path to the edge of the cliff. Like, okay, we're going to do it. we're going to do it. <laughs> but now here I am, like, I see the cliff and I'm just like that kid shaking like I'm mm-hmm. not ready to jump. Yeah. But it just was not I was like I felt like I was dying a slow death because yeah. again I felt trapped. Yeah. And so that's when it was July of last year. I was like no more. We're not doing this. I sat and talked to my husband, of course, and I, he's so supportive. Like he was just like whatever you decide to do, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, we got this. We'll figure it out. And I think that, too, helped in me being able to jump mm-hmm. because it was so frictionless within my household. Yeah. He like I, he, he saw how it was so draining for me Yeah, being in corporate. So he was like, whatever, mm-hmm. let's let's do it. Do it. <laughs> so I did. I left and um, jumped into real estate full time. And God is good because. I didn't even tell people I had left corporate. And then I had friends calling, hey, I think I'm ready to buy a house. I'm ready to do this. You know, my godfather moved from California here. He called me, hey, let's go find a house in Georgia. So it's starting to pick up. And I'm just like, wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> Would you say you're, are your network from UGA helped with that? Or were they just like friends from all over No, it was place? just friends from all over the nice. place. Friends from past <clears throat> jobs, friends mm. from, I mean, years ago, family. And it was like once I let my network know, yeah, that's when it started blossoming. blossoming. Oh my God, I love this. I love this. Now, when we, I'm very spiritual as well. And yeah. I believe in the leap. Absolutely. <laughs> but when you look back at it in hindsight, mm -hmm. I think we do ourselves a disservice by not thinking about what we actually did to prepare ourselves to leave. Yeah. So if there's someone, and, and I totally believe the leap is, it still feels like a leap for some people, even if you've been preparing. Absolutely. But in hindsight, when you think about your journey, mm -hmm. and this is specifically for a married woman um, who may or may not feel like she has the support maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, also has a, a child, mm -hmm. is in corporate, she's good at what she does, mm -hmm. but she feels like there's more. Mm -hmm. So there's all of that. But when you look back, hindsight in your story, what did you really like do? What do you think you did that set yourself up for success? Um, I focused a lot on what I wanted my future to look like. Mm -hmm. Not just from a business standpoint, but like my life, my family life. Yeah. I looked at it from a perspective of the effects it would have on my child, you know? Um, and it got to a point to where I wanted to be that in-house example for my son mm. to do what you feel is the best thing for you. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, evaluate your relationships and evaluate how it affects other people. But at the end of the day, you have to do what is best for you because this is your journey. Mm -hmm. I don't, if, if, yeah, you're married, <laughs> I get that, <laughs> but that you have to still honor yourself. I think we do a disservice to ourselves because we don't honor who we are at the expense of other relationships. And that's what I was doing for so long. So in sitting down and evaluating that and over communicating with people, you know, my husband in particular, and just kind of wanting to be that example for my son and knowing that I have to make this leap in order to create the life that I want for us to have down the road, mm. I think that was the ultimate just overall evaluation that got me to a point of like, yeah, this is it. I love it. I love it. I, that's a, the best, it's, it's your yeah. answer, but it's really the best answer. It's <laughs> like, you know, visualization is so powerful. Oh man. And <clears throat> honestly, that has helped me in such a way because I used to be the person that would trip on the smallest things like, the smallest thing has shifted my day, child. Just throwing it off. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Take and, me now. Right? <laughs> Why me? <laughs> but having such a visualization and sticking to it, like there's not a soul on this earth that is going to tell me anything different of what I see in my you know, visualization. Now I'm in a place and space of the vision is the vision. The goal is the goal. How I get there is not set in stone. The, cat, the car may change on how I get there. Right now it's real estate, you know? It may change down the line, but the goal is the goal. And in me realizing that, it's helped because when little stuff happens, I'm like, child, the goal is the goal. <laughs> That's not changing. <laughs>
Hey y'all, let me tell you about my friends at Run The World Clothing. Run The World is a community empowerment brand that chooses to educate on black history, black culture, and black radical thought through apparel and experiences. Run The World is a vessel to celebrate the black experience for our black people and our allies. And I have on one of their latest pieces from this season's collection. So if you haven't seen Run The World Vic's episode on the Work and Play podcast, go check it out or go to their website to check out some of their apparel. Now let's get back to the episode. So that has helped me even be more present and not sweat the small stuff because the small stuff is the small stuff. Yeah. That's going to go to the side, side mm-hmm. you know. But if you get a picture of where you want your life to go, pick an initial vehicle, whether it's corporate, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's the stock market, whatever. Mm-hmm. Pick a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Stick with that. Start your journey. Start it. And know that it's okay to switch that vehicle if you need to, to get to that goal. It's okay to pivot. Yeah, it's okay to pivot. Yeah. So, but, you know, not even but. (laughs) Let's strike the but from the the conversation. I wanted to go to you leaving your job. Yes. And, uh, you know, you get an influx of people who are interested in homes. Yeah. And the things start to like uptick, right? Mm-hmm. So what does the journey look like after you leave? Was everything, would you say you had that experience where just sales went up and you've just kind of been leveled up here or was it ups and downs? No, it was ups and downs. <clears throat> and it honestly, it took the preparation. That's why it's so key to prepare yourself from a mental state before you make this jump because I did and do have ups and downs. It's success in real estate is not linear. Mm -hmm. I did have those ups and downs, but it was that work prior to that and understanding, you know, save your money, put money to the side, you know, having that knowledge and just kind of having that goal, it helped me get through the valleys. Yeah. You know, it wasn't always a peak. yeah, and that it's it would be I would be doing a disservice to say because you know you you get on YouTube and people well, I made a I'm a six figure earner in a year and I did this and this this that that's not that may not be your journey and you need to know that that's okay. Your journey is your journey is your journey and your journey is needed so that you can share your journey with somebody who's going to go through the same exact things you are. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to be a six-figure earner, a millionaire in a year's time. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. So speaking of visualization, what do what's like a bomb day look like for you? Because you manifested this already. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, my ultimate, my ultimate goal, I'd say part of it, I'm not going to re- reveal my whole goal, but part, part two. <laughs> <laughs> I am striving for time freedom and financial freedom so for me like i i have like almost unrealistic goals be unrealistic baby. that's what i'm that's what i'm saying oh good like okay they're like, very big yeah you know what i'm saying yes. and they're not changing <laughs> it is what it is mm-hmm. i know within my heart that it's going to happen mm-hmm. but to answer your question sorry um, <laughs> I was going there though. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, a bomb day is honestly me just flowing, mm-hmm. not worried about work, like not worried about, I, I don't, I heard something and it resonated so well with me. I don't dream of labor. 
<laughs> I don't dream of labor, darling. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so for me, that day looks like me just flowing and doing what work, what I want to do. Yeah. My family being well taken care of. We're all physically, mentally, emotionally sound. We're operating and doing the things that we want to do and making just a legacy for ourselves in I'm excited. I'll let girl, I'm going to call you. I, I can't wait. Look, we still, we still got some stuff to come to fruition. I have not forgot. I know. I know. <laughs> um, do, does it feel like work to um, work with clients still? Because I know you say you're 100% your 100%, 110% yourself yeah. um, when you're doing like client showings and stuff like yeah. that. But sometimes do they feel like some feel like work and then some don't feel like work or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Regardless in those times, I'm still myself. Like mm-hmm. I, that's a non-negotiable in my business. I am who I am. That's just what it's going to be, you mm-hmm. know? Um, of course, you have to make different uh, adjustments depending on the client, you know? Um, prime example, they're in real estate, you'll have a client that's a first-time homeowner to where you may have to do a little bit more hand-holding along the way. Um, and then you have those clients who have... D- think they know your job better than you do, you know, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you have to learn and know how to navigate that. So sometimes, yeah, it does feel like extra work. And I do have my days where I'm just like, girl, why did you get into this? (laughs) (laughs) Why did you do this? Who who are the ones that make you like, yes, I'm so glad I did this. Oh, man. I thought like prime example, I had a recent client that this was her first time buying a house. Mm -hmm. And she never owned a home before. She had three kids. And we went through the process. She was so scared. It started out to where she had a limiting belief Mm. that she couldn't purchase a home. Mm. And we had had a conversation. Mm. And I kind of laid it out for her, X, Y, Z, kind of laid the plan out. And I was just like, it's up to you. Are you, is this something you want to do? And we did it. And it was funny. Every step of the way, she's just like, I'm just waiting for something to go left. Like she was anticipating something to go wrong. And we got to the closing table and that girl boo-hoo cried. And it was those moments because I felt like it was more than a real estate transaction. I felt like I was a part of her realizing that you can't limit yourself. Anything is possible. Yeah. Anything can happen. And she was in a place and space of where she could purchase a home, but she still thought that she couldn't based on misinformation, based on other people. So it's those moments where I can inform and enlighten my clients as well as make a big impact for them in that space. Ooh, I love it. (laughs) Have you read the book, Who Not How? No. Okay. You were talking about your vision and you were saying like how big it is. Mm -hmm. And you're working on time freedom Mm -hmm. and um, it was time freedom and financial and financial freedom yeah and when it comes to who not how it's actually that's a big vulnerable talk topic for me because okay. i feel like nobody can this is this is my limiting belief okay when i feel like i no one can do it better than me mm-hmm. that's me telling myself i don't need to find a who mm. because i'm the who mm-hmm. right okay i'm and i'm doing all the hows uh. in my vision mm. i'm doing all the hows <laughs> in my business right <laughs> So I'm going with this. <laughs> My question is, do you have a team already? Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, or if you do, who is the team that you're envisioning supporting you 
in reaching this level of freedom that you desire. Oh, that's good. So in me establishing this, these, the, the big goal, I realized that in my daily walk, I had to kind of make those certain nuanced changes. And it's so easy. I deal with that too. It's like, well, I just know I move, get out the way. I could do it. <laughs> like so many of us do. <laughs> I got it. I could figure it out. I just do it. And <laughs> really just working with myself on like, first of all, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to run yourself ragged. You have to be allow other people to help you. So how what that looks like for me is I now work with a transaction coordinator nice. who handles all my paperwork. Um, if there's a showing that I can't make, I'll you know see pay somebody else to go and do it. You know, um, really, I'm trying to get to the point right now in my business where I'm just getting clients and attending closings. Everything in between is being handled by somebody else, and mm-hmm. that within itself has been such a help. And I remember even in hiring the, my transaction coordinator, there will be some times where I'll be like, okay, this is kind of pressed for time. I'm kind of, where, where is it? I'm waiting for, you know, some signatures. And it's like, you have to constantly coach yourself. Mm. Let, you hired her for a reason, mm-hmm. let her do it. Mm-hmm. And that's it, just let her do it, let her do her job. And she always came through, like she was phenomenal. Like I didn't have a doubt that she could do it, but it was the thing of she wasn't doing it in my time, you know? And I think that's something that you have to constantly battle with and work on yourself and flush that out your system. Let people help you. Yeah. You have to let people help you. You have to. So what other who's are you looking for? So I'm still trying to decide. I'm still trying to figure that part out. Mm -hmm. Do I still want to be an individual agent? Do I want to build a team? Do I want to, because I'm working on getting my broker's license. So do I want to, and even with that comes a whole bunch of questions. Like, do I want to start my own brokerage? Do mm-hmm. I want to be an associate broker with the real, uh, you know, uh, my current um, brokerage? Mm-hmm. Do I, I've, I've realized that I've, I love this place of learning and development. So when I become a broker, do I want to shift into that and be that? training aspect for new agents you know Mm -hmm. like I'm still kind of figuring that out yeah well the best part about it is you just gave like six questions Mm -hmm. that if you sit with it long enough yeah (laughs) you'll have the answer it's a work in progress (laughs) yeah yeah but the thing about it is so many of us don't ask the questions yeah and then so many of us don't sit down because I think that goes back to what our self-awareness boom it's, it's, it's really watching you and hearing you speak. Um, it's, it's giving people like the steps to mm-hmm. take. And I promise you, some people, as soon as you say, um, you know, what, what did you help? What helped you transition? You're like, you know, I thought about my vision. Where do I want to be there? Oh, you know, mindset. I promise you yeah. <laughs> hearing you say that it's like. 80% of the transition <laughs> is your mindset. Absolutely. And I think that is something because when I was transitioning out of corporate into entrepreneurship full time, and you saw seen it on Insta, you know, social media where entrepreneurs are making corporate people feel less than because they don't have their own business. Or corporate people looking at you like, oh, I, I got my paycheck. Like, right. <laughs> you know? you fend it for yourself. Over there. <laughs> you know? And, you know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there just throwing out, look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. You can do it, too. Come on, come on, come on. But very rarely do I find those who are like, this is how I did it. And this is what I had to do and change on a mental level 
to get here. And that I think is a main reason why a lot of entrepreneurs fail yeah. because they, they, they fall into the hype of, yeah, I can do it. Let's go. I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. Not realizing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Is, you you, gotta, is this what you, you you gotta grow like you you are really about to learn about yourself yeah if you're even open to that I, when people come to me it's like okay you want to quit your job mm-hmm. what type of employee are you right because if you're a terrible employee we got to get you to a place where either you like your job you like what you do you like the people around you yeah because if you take that into entrepreneurship yeah. you're gonna be a terrible entrepreneur. you're gonna be looking like you're gonna be broke quick quick because you still got you you haven't even gotten settled there mm-hmm. you got to get settled before you make the transition so that's what you're saying mm-hmm. i was thinking another thing um and it's gonna help me girl you are you are helping me and and all of the women out there who desire to be entrepreneurs mm-hmm. mothers and wives um and do it looking flawlessly oh thank you girl mm-hmm. yes ma'am <laughs> um it's you said this earlier and you said that you didn't like the feeling of um, being in a role mm-hmm. because corporate provides a role. And if you step without that boundary, you do it, but you better do this job. Right. Yeah. Um, but very often you have to play the role. Mm-hmm. You felt boxed in. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people feel marriage is a box. Mm. So I'm curious, <laughs> like I'm curious, where does the self-development Go now that mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur, you're free as a bird. Yeah. But you're also married. Absolutely. Um, that is a good question. That is a damn good question, Mary. <laughs> you got you, you kind of stumped me there a little bit. <laughs> well, self-development now has become very important. And I can say very a, a center of my marriage. You know, my husband is now on his own self-development, you know. And I think one caveat to marriage that people think is just like we're together and that's it when how i look at marriage and how we look at marriage is we're still two very individual people who have decided to live our lives together and kind of interlock our interlock our lives that does not mean you have to give up or throw away or push to the side who you are in order to appease me Mm -hmm. like we have a very we have to be ourselves at all times, even when it's uncomfortable, you know, mm. we just you have to move through that and deal with it. You can't just let it sit and fester. And, you know, we go to therapy. You that's another thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Get a therapist. Even I, I have a personal therapist. We have our marriage therapist. Like I am such a proponent for therapy you have to go to therapy because a lot of times you can't figure it out yourself and honestly i'd say that's one of the key things that has helped me get here too in, in addition to the meditations and stuff is going to therapy nice yeah nice so you sound like what you're saying is um the structure or even the grounding that a marriage might provide or does provide um you are also finding you know, that you can grow in your relationship through mm-hmm. therapy mm-hmm. because you guys are both centered on self-development. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is the, this third thing is a question for me. Yeah. Um, you said just, you're always a spirit. You've always been a spiritual person um, in a marriage. You know, they say all the time you have to be um, equally. yoked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then when thing when times get hard, you're not so to speak, praying to like two different gods or two different values. Um, and so how do you guys stay aligned spiritually? 
Well, my foundation is still very much, you know, the Christian based faith or whatever. Um, but even in that, I think it depends on your partner and how receptive and open they are to that. My husband is very receptive in just, he really goes with the flow. Mm. <laughs> so that has really helped in my, me being able to become who I am. And I don't, I don't take that lightly. I know I am blessed for that. Cause I know there are women out there whose partner are not as receptive because they feel like their needs aren't being met or whatever, but he's very open to certain things. We're very open to with each other. And, you know, we keep our spiritual development at the forefront of our relationship. Um, what that looks like over time, sometimes it may change. Sometimes it may be what we're used to, mm -hmm. but I think because we're both very just open and go with the flow people, it just works out. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for being an example. I don't Aww. even know you, you. Well, you speak with a, a, a hint of like responsibility in the way you live your life um, mm. because you say things like your your story is going to help other people. So yeah. those are like little nuggets that tell me that you live your life with a certain level of responsibility or um, duty so that yeah. other people can grow. So thank you for being that example intentionally and thank unintentionally. <laughs> um, there are lots of us who are watching your story like, yes, sis, tell me more. <laughs> so as we get up out of here, because I know you got a whole day of yeah. stuff to do, um, I'd like for you to like close us out with Ooh, a word shout. of wisdom. <laughs> yes, because we're all on our journey. Yeah. And uh, you've been through many transitions. Mm. So and you're going to experience even more. Yeah. So you might be <laughs> ministering to others as you're ministering to yourself as you mm -hmm. provide this word of wisdom. But I would love for you to help us understand, like, what's the best way to, like, make this transition and be our best selves? Oof. Lord. What does that even look like? Um, first, you have to start and get a good grasp on your big picture. I think that is a good starting place. Because then once you get a good grasp on your big picture, that then you can then go to the next step of evaluating where you're at in that big picture. And then you can kind of fill in those gaps of who you need to become to get to that big picture. So start with that big picture and be open, be receptive to the changes and transitions. And above all, give yourself grace. It's not an overnight thing. It's not something that is just going to happen it takes time you're gonna fall back into old patterns you're gonna fall back into old ways of thinking you're gonna be frustrated you're gonna experience those valleys but if again keep your eyes on the big picture and that'll help you grant yourself grace as you continue to transition and transform into who you need to be Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. I couldn't have said it better myself, <laughs> sis. Listen, as, as, we're thinking, I'm, as I'm thinking about your story... Um, I think there are people who are going to want to be connected with you just either okay. to watch your story. Our old homies from UGA might want to <laughs> reconnect with you. Um, and also even your clients, your potential clients, because what you're experienced, what you what you've explained is um, a transformation in itself. When people go from non homeowner to homeowner right. or 
you know, serial home buyer to like working with you. Yeah. You know, like your the experience that you provide sounds like you bring all of this yeah. into the home buying industry. <laughs> so, if there's someone out there who's resonating with your story, um, how can they get contact connected with you? Absolutely. So, honestly, my Instagram is a wealth of knowledge. You can find me at Ash in the City ATL. Again, that's Ash in the City ATL. Um, again, it's a wealth of knowledge. You can, you know, DM me if you have questions. I do give out free consultations. Um, yeah, that's really the best way. Um, you can reach me email ashley.dreesen at evrealestate.com. Um, my website, ashleydreesen.evrealestate.com. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> well, all of that is going to be in the bio below mm-hmm. in the description, um, whether you're listening or you're um, watching. So once the, once and for all, I want to thank you guys for watching and for listening to this um, episode. I have really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having <laughs> First, and let me say before you sign out completely, <laughs> I am so proud of you because the conversation we had in 2017 to now just you doing it like <laughs> look I'm, I think I can I think I can <laughs> and, and, and it is such a beautiful blessing to even witness to see to even you know know that we even had a conversation and to see you kind of catapult from that conversation is like ah uh, it's a beautiful sight to see so I'm so proud of you thank you and I'm just excited to continue witnessing your growth likewise sis <laughs> thank you for joining me okay. Thank y'all again. Thank you guys. Peace out. Bye.